For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the On My Block podcast, the Green Bay Packer podcast. I'm your host, Amon Green, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wall. Mike, man, how you doing? Doing great, man. Good one yesterday. Good to be three and one. Yep. Very good. First quarter's done for us. The first quarter's done. Another 17 games now, but I'm not going to count it that way. Yeah, I still hate right. it. I still hate the idea. I can't wait. When they go to 18, I might stop watching football for like two weeks just to protest. Not the whole season, just for two weeks. Right. Yeah. But right. I, it's going to be under protest. It's coming hey, soon. Hey, by the way, man, how about all the safety stuff everybody's talking about right now? And everyone, you know, with Tua and the, yes. we'll get into it, I'm sure. But then, then you start going like, aren't you guys trying to get 18 games in? Right. Oh, yeah, but that's not, that's not more hits your head. I actually have friends that tell me it's statistically no difference between playing 17 and 16 games. And I'm like, you're statistically a fool because, I, you know, for, for those of us who have done it, have done, yeah, yeah. It, it feels a little bit different. It, no, it is. It is 100%. That college to – once you get to co- – when you get from college to the oh. pro, you're like, oh, my God. Well, how about how about now with the 12-game 12, 12 playoff? I mean, first of all, yeah, college 12 football. Yeah, 12 12-team playoff, right? Yeah, so so the college football, there's like four good teams. Like, there's not 12 teams. Yeah, and, and you and I are both are not part of that 12, so I, I feel no. like we can talk about this pretty openly. Yep. And But if you look at, like, Alabama, maybe Clemson, may, you know, like, you start going, like, you start reaching for SC. Like, do you really think SC is going to beat, like, run the gamut? Maybe, but probably not, right? Got to see him play. Yeah, there's a handful of teams, Georgia, like handful of teams that can actually do, and then they have 12. So you start doing the math. It's like, right. so you already added an extra game. You already added your conference championship, right? Now you're going to mm-hmm. add in a 12-game playoff. That means they're playing at least, what, three more. You start going, yep. man, this is ridiculous. It just doesn't – it's it's unfair to the college athlete because it's more money for everybody else, but it's just, it's it's no benefit to them. They're just yeah. putting more tread on their tires, right? Yeah. So then when they come to the league now, they got to play even more games. And it's like, well, we don't make you practice anymore. It's like, well, that just makes me a worse player. That doesn't actually, you know. It does. That doesn't do anything for me. I guess the the balance of that people, the upper, I say the upper management don't see the imbalance of that. And Oh, I think they see it. I just, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah you think I think it's, it? it's like, it's like Scrooge McDuck when he's diving into his money, man. Like he knows, yeah, like, oh, yeah. He knows there's people outside working the door. He just doesn't care because he's bathing in that gold right there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Hey, speak, speaking way. of bathing in gold, man, if we if we did more sports betting, we'd be better off right now. We, and, we would. So as, go ahead. As Bet Online says, football's back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, even eSports. So head to Bet Online AG mm-hmm. to join and receive your 100%, 100%, 100%, 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. I think that's up. 100% welcome bonus is up, right? So it used yeah. to be 100, 150. Now it's 100, 200. That's amazing. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Do it. Make sure your promo code Believe to re- use your believe B L E A V to use the rewards bet online where the game starts. That's a good deal. That is. That's a twofer. So no matter what your okay. odds are, so like let's say let's say you wanted to. This was awesome about that, right? Right. So you could go out right now and you could bet the favorite, and it would okay. be okay for you, because ultimately, 
you're gonna get two. For, you're gonna get two for odds, right? So you're oh. getting two for one. Does, does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So no matter what yeah. you do right now, you feel like you're a winner, which oh. we all want to be a winner. We all want to be winners. You know, yeah, man. just like just like the Packers was uh, this Sunday uh, afternoon, three thirty kickoff. A team that, as you you know, as we were talking a little bit last week in your recap episode as well, um, a team still, I say trying to figure themselves out i say offensively because it's just young receivers there trying to get developed and you got you're getting developed as you're playing these games so um you know pay, you know patriots had the ball first so they did their you know coming down the field running certain plays to get their guys open and uh try to try to do their best but rashard gary preston smith they showed early in that 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 series right there that they're going to be a problem the whole game. I believe they finished. You know, he get the sack in the second series for the Patriots, puts mm-hmm. Brandon Hoyer out mm-hmm. um, before the game, four sacks, uh, seven total tackles, one TFL. So a guy that we we predicted this last year, now he's here. Now he's that problem for offensive line um, teams coming in here or offensive linemen coming in here <clears throat> to try to set their base and try to block them and, and try to create a scenario where they can run and pass the ball. But obviously, Rashard and Preston, when they have those guys in front, in the defensive front, Rashard, Preston, and KC, and then Lowry, those are the guys that are the moneymakers. It's like bingo. These are the guys that's going to get back there and put pressure on offense and put pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I think that I think this is a game we expected from a Bill Belichick coach team. Yep. You know, certainly, um, if you look at it, they're going into the, they're really going in with their fourth street quarterback because Jacoby Brissett didn't even make the trip. So after after Brandon Hoyer, after uh, Hoyer gets hurt, then they go to this four-string quarterback. I can't even – I'm not going to mispronounce his name. Zappy. It's Zappy. Yeah, yeah. So, but you, you start looking at it, and it's like, what do the Patriots have to do to win this game? Well, mm-hmm. they have a well-coached offensive – all they've been doing is turning the ball over. So That's they it. move the football. They just turn the ball over. So minimize the mistakes, right? And especially with a four-string quarterback, lean on your offensive line in your running game, which has been a strength for you. Yep. You have some guys in Aguilar and Devontae Parker, especially in recent games, have been able to make plays. So the question really becomes like, can you execute against a very good Packers team and take the ball away from Aaron Rodgers? And that's what they did actually pretty effectively all game. Then on the other side of it, I think when you look at the totality of the game, what is the, what are the Patriots trying to do? They kind of had options, right? Because of the defenses Mm -hmm. they run and everything that's in their playbook. You can either say, I'm going to take away Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, or I'm going to take away Aaron Rodgers, or I'm going to try to. So try I'm going to, to. I'm going to I was play. Like, better question. Try I'm, to. I'm going to play shell coverage, and I'm going to kind of play simple and just try to keep yeah, everything in front of me thing. and just make tackles. Or I'm going to start heating everybody up and seeing if I can actually get to this guy. They chose the former. They're just going to play shell. We're going to get a lot. Of, you know, we're going to get a lot, a lot of yards in the rushing game, but mm. not necessarily finish all these drives because listen. When you start at the 20 and you have to make those 80-yard drives, it just it, it's it's very, very difficult. What I saw, what I saw from the Packers is, you know, we in some situations we helped the Patriots almost win this game. Yes. Right. And so like you knew you were gonna get a lot of yards on the ground, but we gave up a ton of yards on the ground. Yes, they did. I think we Harris gave up like Stevenson a, did really good. Yeah, we, we gave so up like far. 160 yards rushing. We uh, we had a Kenny Clark had that key penalty to keep their drive going to end it in the yeah, Devontae the Parker foul. touchdown, yeah. right? The personal foul call, so things like that. And on the positive side, we dialed up for the first time, really. We dialed up some DB pressures. Now, it would, you know, the first DB mm-hmm. pressure they bring, of course, for the year, they run a slant the other way and break it up for 16, 24 yards. But it's okay. That's we a, saw that's it. Murphy's law. Yeah, that's Murphy's law. That's yeah, but, but, but we start bringing some more pressure and understanding that, hey, we've got these later or these Brian Hoyers, these these um, these zappy quarter, these four string quarterbacks in. What are we going to do? We're going to try to heat them up a little bit. Okay. I just thought this was the kind of game that that you know a lot of people don't like these kind of games, but guys like you know guys like us love these kind of games because it's all about running the football and stopping the run. Yeah, you got a yeah you got these young quarterbacks. So you got Zappy in there that has not seen a whole lot of real time blitzes, uh, real time defensive fronts coming at them. Um, and you say you mentioned the one thing before I forget it. You comment on on some of the plays offensively or defensively, I'll say defensively where the Packers almost kind of gave them a drive was in the second half where they both have Preston Smith and Rashard Gary on the sidelines for that whole series. And it's a touchdown at the end where the Patriots actually time expired. Referees didn't call it was a play clock expiration. They didn't call it. it Exactly. It was that touchdown. But you saw that whole series. They had the young guys 
um, 53 and uh, on the other side, I think it was 55, trying to get experience. I maybe get experience, mm-hmm. but if you want to win, you know, you, this is this is fo- this is football. I understand you got to get guys some experience. Maybe do that when you're up 21 points or up 24 points, something like that. Not when it's a tight game with the well-coached Bill Belichick offense and defense, because things I like I saw from Belichick's off or defense was putting that pressure on young young receivers every time Robio early he had the early fumble because DB coming in punching at the ball because they know young players may not have that awareness to catch it, tuck it high and tight, get the ball upfield. You know, they're just worrying about just catching the ball from Aaron at this moment and knowing like he's got a lot more thinking on his mind. So when he catches the ball, strap out the ball. You saw the, you know, the DB punch it out there on that wide receiver screen. screen. So, yeah, just just a series like that just brings in the question, you know, are, are sometimes coaches overthinking it? You know, even watching the Baltimore Ravens game and Harbaugh, great coach, but just – did he overthink that situation? So that's sometimes it pops in my head sometimes when I see certain plays happen. The coach either takes the ball out of the player's hand or puts it in certain players' hand and making them their the kind of their executive's decision on some plays. But you know, in that series, there that was my only question is why you, you should, you know, don't take both of your rush ins that are really, really good and already causing problems for that um, Patriots offensive line at that time. Yeah, so I think. I think they took those guys out. You know, it's interesting because they have rotations, right? And right. what happens is, so when I was, when I get I was the rotation. In, I get the rotation. Just when I was mm. back in the league, they did this study because JJ Watt at the time was the best. He was a defensive player of the year, maybe two-time defensive player of the year. So they did this study, and right. they were, people were trying to figure out how effective you are after, like how many, how many snaps does it take for you to not be effective anymore? Mm. Okay, yep. and so the the JK. number from. Yeah. The, yeah, the number for most people was like six or seven. For JJ, it was like thirteen. I mean, it was eating like thirteen right? plays. Yeah, so like, so like JJ. So like back in the day when he was the guy, right? JJ Watt could go, when everybody else started falling off, production fell off after six or seven snaps. Gotcha. Okay, that's why they rotate. So JJ Watt could go for like thirteen. But my the point is, they had the they had the big play on defense. They had the sack between uh, Dean Lowry and Preston Smith. Both got half a sack for that one. Yep. And then on that same play, Kenny Clark is that's when he gets his personal foul. So they mm-hmm. get so they move it forward. Now those guys get out because now they've moved. They should be off the field. So yep. they they kind of you know get their six, seven snaps. Now what you're talking about is they bring in the other guys, they come down, they get four plays later, they score the touchdown on the on the on the play that should have time should have expired. Mm-hmm. And it's always one of those deals where, you know, generally speaking, back in the day, as soon as you hit the offense hit the positive 40. You would put all your starters back in no matter what. Why? Because we don't want to give up a field goal. You're already exactly. in field goal territory right now. Exactly. That's extended now because of the, the abilities of the kickers. But it is yep. super interesting. Um, you know, usually let's 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 go back here and because we want to talk about the skill guys before we get into the trench stuff and career. Yeah. And I guess from an offensive standpoint, it was really good to see Lazard have a good game. He had six for one sixteen. Mm-hmm. Kind of the game that we needed him to see, given uh, the questions around that 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 group. Um, yeah. He's been, you know, obviously he missed early in the season. He missed some time. He's coming back. So uh, this really does feel in the in every sense of the word, it feels like this has been training camp for those guys as far as or preseason games, maybe is the best way to put it. Right. right? So so it's nice to finally see him get kind of the stat sheet that not only the stat sheet we need to see, but also make some plays in big situations. Randall yep. Cobb's converting third downs twice this week. So you love that. Looking good. Dobbs has this. He just has this thing you like about him. I don't know if I it's like because you lot. don't. Yeah, yeah you, you you don't know. You know he you, he talks about how hard he's working. Mm-hmm. You see that he's on the jugs machine all the time. So he's making these mistakes. He has the fumble. He has the dot drop touchdown to go along mm-hmm. with the touchdown. Yep. And it just seems like a, you know he's just one of those guys you just want to commit to and keep bringing along. Aaron seems to like him a lot. Yep. Great to see Watson get involved today. Or yesterday, excuse yesterday, me, yeah. on the end around, and and what I loved about that in particular was they got Wilson looking on the first time they ran him across their linebacker. They got Wilson yeah. looking across, and it, it gave Jones a huge hole because he hesitated in the hole. Mm-hmm. And so the next play they ran it, Wilson kind of stepped to Jones this time, and they went out the back door for that 16-yard touchdown on Watson using yeah. speed. So it's a great job of the coach creating kind of multiple plays out of one look. And giving the defense something to think about, so you can really make sure that guy has kind of the the uh, conditions to create success, gets yeah. uh, successful moments. Yeah, and, and that's what Lafleur and an offense does. Like early in the game, you know, they're ter- basically they're taking a picture to see if they when they run this formation again and that motion again, how everybody reacting because then they could come back later 
and then Sting gets get a big yards or a touchdown like they did on that on that reverse. And I say for for myself, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, again they hit that 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 magic number of thirty touches. Um, Aaron Jones over hundred yards with one hundred and ten. AJ with, went with seventeen for seventy three. You know, and then really his seventy three came in that um, overtime drive and even before overtime. You know, those drives right there. That's where the, when you have a run game will help you win games like this because then yeah. you got guys you got a running back that is 250 and you got a smaller back that can't get shifty and get to the outside and then you have an online that knows this and then it helps them get the ball up field and i say key situations if they convert those later round uh, i say late um down plays in in overdrive i mean overdrive overtime that was huge to get the ball in field goal range and obviously you talk about romeo dobbs you know stepping up has a few mistakes, but he's he's, he's going to have those, I believe, because the experience is still growing. But at a time, he needed to step up in that overtime um, coverage, which was kind of interesting to me. DB off. I know he doesn't want to be a beat over the top, but he's given him he's given a rookie that's been effective for the game. He's given him a big cushion to hit that last, uh, I say, conversion, but also get Mason Crosby into field goal range. And I like the way Dubs dropped his head, picked up another extra yards to really make it solid that he, I caught this ball and now I'm helping my team win this game. And so I, this is why, this is why I'm on this field. So this is a guy from training camp. I, uh, I speak, I've been speaking highly on because just his effort and he's given that, he's given that, that effort where you see he wants to get better and he wants to have that confidence for not only for himself, mm-hmm. but, but for his teammates, for Aaron and everybody around him. So they, when they see 87 on the field, they're, they're not thinking twice about, Oh yeah, I don't see why, he should be in there because he's done this so far this season. So, so I say good job to the rookie there. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to continue to see his development go on. Aaron Rodgers is, is not, does not have the highest QBR rating in his career right now. He had an uncharacteristic pick six. Yeah. Um, the cornerback Jack Jones read it all the way. He ran the route for Dobbs. Uh, you know, stats could look different if we, we make, you know, you make some plays here and there. That's how it is every year, every Mm -hmm. game. But I just wanted to ask you, you know, you've been in the skill the skill rooms before when things aren't clicking. Mm-hmm. And so what what is the conversation with guys like Aaron between Aaron and the running backs, Aaron and the tight ends, Aaron and the, the skill guys when things aren't just quite moving like they should? Because there's there's listen, we scored 24 or 27 points in overtime right. against a team that a we should we shouldn't. And he said it in his press conference. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably could have scored 35, you know, 38 points this game. So things aren't going as well as they could be. It doesn't seem like at all times we're just smooth and, and moving. Thank right. goodness. And part of that's the way they wanted to play defense, but part yeah. of it's just was not making plays. We're not on the same page. So what is that conversation like with, between quarterback and his, and his skill guys? Um, the conversation is basically like, what can I do, you know, to help you get open a lot sooner or better or where you want me to place the ball. Cause I just remember our conversations when we finally came in the room with the old, when we came into y'all room, the running backs switched over. Mm-hmm. And once we started finding out, oh, you know, Amon, we like the way you hit the hole, you hit the hole fast, so then we don't have to hold our blocks, that conversation. So Aaron asking Dobbs, asking um, DeGoria, uh, Tanya, and all of them, just saying, you know, even though he's the leader, he he shouldn't have to ask, but he should ask at a time because he knows that he play, he didn't play his best and just knowing to get better. And that's how leaders get better. They ask the question, hey, man, what can I do to help you in your route running if you're running this round in this situation, where would you expect me to put the ball? You know, or where would you want the ball being put for me as a as quarterback to receiver? And then like running back, I say right now the run game is pretty much on point. I I feel what I see when AJ, Aaron Jones are running that ball, they're hitting the run, the uh, the run fits perfectly. As soon as they hit the hole, the, the block is made, and boom, they're running past those guys and being blocked, and they're picking up big yardage. But so just with Aaron Rodgers having them conversations with his receivers. And this is more growth that they have together. This is where eventually one time back when they had Devontae, had Jordy, when he was with Donald, they have have had these conversations. So now starting that conversation and dialogue with these younger receivers is what builds that continuity. It builds that confidence amongst all of them, all of them. And then it keeps everybody, you know, confident enough to say, okay, I know on this route, because on that pick, as you saw, Bad throw, bad read, thinking that he was maybe going to maybe break. I don't know. But through it at a time as even where, you know, I, I played DB one time and, and I was in Little League. That was my first time. And I might have got that picked in, you know, because I'm watching the film. His eyes were already over there. He made a great he, he made a great break on that ball. Very, very great good. break. And yeah. so 
So that right there is just something they got to work on. Um, and so now have that conversation with all the receivers in the room because everybody's only going to get better together. You know, you're not going to you know have a situation where you're going to get better one person at a time. No, you got to do it together because we know come the later part of the season, they got two teams coming up that are playing good football. They got the Jets and the Giants or to say the Giants first and then the Jets are playing decent football right now. That's going to give you know that's going to be interesting when we see those games because we got elements and in, in, into factoring that they're playing that first game over in London and then they come back here you know in a short week and time change playing the Jets here so got to be mentally and physically ready so it's going to be interesting to see that. Yeah, it was. I I always think I guess in my mind when when you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers and you have young guys in the in the room it's a it's there, there's probably a little bit of give and take. Yeah. But I bet you he's telling them exactly how he wants them to run that, you know, run the routes and what he expects and what mm-hmm. he sees. And it's like, you know, for a guy like Aaron, I'd be I'd be surprised if he wasn't like, this is what I see. Therefore, this is what you're going to see. Right. And I yeah. need I, I need that. you to see this. There was a couple throws that were like, you know, for, for fans who haven't ever been in, a, in an NFL uh, practice field, almost every team now. And I want to say it's I want to say it's six or eight yards off off the sidelines. They put it on they put a red line on the, the, red line, the field yeah. all the way down the field. And the reason they do that, that a long time. The reason they do that <laughs> is so that receivers know they just say they hold that red line. So you're basically building in six yards of space that the quarterback can throw the ball over your outside shoulder. You can protect yourself from the DB. You can make the catch. And there was a couple mm-hmm. throws yesterday, while not perfect. There was at least what I remember that with Watson, I believe that was over his right shoulder. And it was just a question of like, can we make that adjustment and make that play? Mm-hmm. Are we, are we comfortable enough doing that? Because it's not an easy thing to learn. It's just something that takes a lot of time, right? It's so, practice. You got to build a habit. Yeah. There's all, the, there's all those components to this that go along, but I think it starts with, with a, a guy like Aaron is, is, Hey, I trust, I'm going to trust you. You're going to earn it, but I am going to trust you, but you got to do things the way that I want them done. And then we're going to be on, you know, we're going to be better. I've proven myself in this league over the last, damn near decade. two decades so you're yeah. yeah you're gonna do it the way i want it i, I want it done and, and, that, and that's that um listen defensively you know we're cut, we could be back on the because they're on the four string quarterback and so you know they're gonna run the ball we already know what's gonna happen yeah. and they we were good early amos made some good tackles early what i actually made some drive saving tackles early yeah but we were a little bit up and down in the tackling game they gained 167 yards on the ground and you know they're gonna run the ball so it's it's kind of one of those deals where I think collectively now you can't run for 167 yards if, if your safeties are making tackles every play. No, that's not it's just not going to happen, right? Nope. And then there was a couple – listen, these guys threw for like 100 yards. But, the, you know, Parker had a big catch for a touchdown on, on the one you were referencing earlier. Aguilar mm-hmm. had a big catch on a, on, a, on a really, really long dig route across the middle of the field. And so there's some things we can clean up. But this is probably the least amount of work they're going to get. Um, as far as a passing attack or passing defense goes it, during the season, as you know, as far as like mm-hmm. how many times a team's going to actually going to run the ball. Um, it just, you clean up some of these things, but it's, it's almost like if you were going to grade them this week, I just give them an incomplete as far as the defensive skill guys, you know right. what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah. well, I don't even know. I didn't really know what more to look at, except for we can clean up a couple things. There's a couple tackles here and there. I thought overall yeah. Amos yep. showed up and, and played pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I would say definitely to clean up the tackles. It was a few here and there that they kind of missed. Um, I say watching the younger rookie uh, Kawhi Walker still finding his groove. He's kind of sometimes over pursuing uh, or even under pursuing. You know, grabbing onto the play action in the backfield. His eyes are kind of just stuck, and his body's not moving. Yep. So it's like, okay, you got to get moving. You got you got to get the feel of the ball. Uh, where is it? Where you know where's the ball going? And look at the formation first. You know. That's things he can learn and practice how to do and get better at. But he has to obviously want to get better at, or the coaches have to realize that because that's what I see watching film on him. Um, watching the guys up front, like I said, the guys that are that special bunch. So we got Preston, you got Casey. Talking about trench warfare stuff. Yeah, now. yeah, we're talking trench about warfare. Then let's hit it. Let's go right into yeah. it. Yeah, so let's get into it. So yeah, I mean those those four big guys up front for the Packers defensive line. I say once that special crew is in, things are going to get moved. You know, backwards for opposing the offenses. So mm-hmm. when RG's in there, when Preston Smith is in there, along with Dean and Casey, and then you throw in DeAndre Cameron and Quay Walker, like I said, he's still kind of floating around, reading 
little too fast, maybe under like an under pursuit side um, situation sometimes. But when he gets there, it's going to be another couple games into October here, maybe by November for sure. He'll be on point where he understands the rhythm, how he needs to read it, and how he needs to react just a little better um, with that. So you know, Amos, I know he, he played well, but he, he got hurt. I think with the I don't know if it's concussion or something, but hopefully he comes back and is able to do his thing. But overall, yeah, I mean, I say defense. They gave up the points, but it's a good study tape to watch a lot of things they did good because they were able to they should they should have been able to do what they did with Zappy, put that pressure on him and make him, you know, you know, where he couldn't get the ball out real fast. I just wish you'd get a couple more interceptions because it was that type of situation where they could have worked work for and get that out of a young. We're still we're still uh I think we're still have a drought on picks. We still don't have right. any, you know, we, we're still not intercepting the ball. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you, we, you and I saw this game a little differently. Yeah. I thought that the Pats' offensive line moved us off the ball consistently all day. Uh, Michael Winu, their right guard, they they talked about Cole Strange all day. He's a first round pick from UC Chattanooga. And I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a good player. Michael Winu is like a 350 pound uh, guard for the Patriots. I think it's his second or third year. He at from literally the first play, he was moving people off the ball. He buried he buried KC on the first play of the game. They they were getting interior line was getting a lot of move mm-hmm. and they had to right they brought in they brought in marcus cannon and made him play tight end for the second half of the game almost yeah. and that's why they got 100 that's why they get 167 yards rushing but i thought they did again game plan wise it's like what else are you going to do okay yeah. you're not gonna, you're not going to throw the ball against these yeah, guys every time they drop that. back and, and they squash that immediately on with the second series brian Hurd drops back and rashawn ends his ends his day um what is what is uh isaiah win doing like when you when you're running games against an offensive lineman, you play in right tackle, and All the right. best pass rusher is on your outside arm, you darn sure better make sure you got your inside arm over there too. So right. you can hold. Like imagine if you're playing right tackle, you're kicking back and you're you're holding that three technique. You're putting him at bay. You have that drag hand. But mm-hmm. man, when Rashad Gary is coming at you, at some point you better bring your other hand. You better let go. It's like, oh my goodness! It, it, it was like it was literally a free shot, and on listen, and he's on out. our team. We're happy, but I'm going like, dude, what are you doing right there? Like, he's way too good to do, you know, to be to be playing that way against. And then right, he, he's it, Rashawn Gary is everywhere on this tape. And yes. one thing that is, you know, it's not just the two sacks; it's the five pressures. It's the it's the all the plays he makes by trending by, by penetrating in the in the backfield. One thing that was obvious to me with both sides is you kind of look around like both offensive lines are pretty good. Both Mm -hmm. defensive lines are well coached. And so it's like, where are you going to find the the fringe players that are going to make the difference? It's usually like, well, it's like for us last week, it was the edges. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I noticed this week that Rashawn and Preston Smith in particular did a great job of in the run game. Preston did a great job of penetrating. Mm -hmm. They were trying to run that fullback, tight end, kind of double team on him. He yep. was he was getting pressure upfield and making that running back make the cut early. But gosh, I mean, I don't think I think in, from an interior standpoint, first of all, I think that when you kids the best the best right guard I've seen play this year so far. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I dude, I, I was super impressed. He absolutely mauled our guys, and he's a monster. Like it's not surprising. Right, he's a big guy, right? Yeah, but <laughs> but they're they've always been. You know, the Patriots are well coached team. Again, they've been moving the ball pretty well this year. It's just been turnovers. Um, I was, I, I was shocked. This is this is the most I, I thought I thought I've seen the interior of our line get pushed around. I know they got pushed and some pressure in the passing game, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of that is a consequence of like you've got a, a quarterback in there. And I think Tony Romo was saying it all day. He, he thinks there's 15 defenders on the field. They ran <laughs> some two. They ran some two man routes sometimes because right. they wanted to match protect, but like. You know, you and I had always talked about this, man. Like, if you're going to max protect, you better have people at the party that want to dance. Like, That's if you don't want to dance, man, I'm not bringing you to the party. <laughs> no. And, and, like, if you bring a tight end into the party that, to block Rashawn Gary, man, that's not a good dance partner for you, bro. No. That's like, you know, like, Tunyon had a touchdown this week, but you watch him in pass pro, and he's just like, eh, you know. Yeah, like, you yeah I watched him. I really paid attention this week, and I was like, oh, my. I'm like, he doesn't wow. want to be a dance I'm partner. Like, Come that's on, not man. his game. Yeah, I'm that's like, not his on, game. So, so if you don't want a dance partner, you know, then just yeah. everybody spread. Like, I would rather – we were always like, hey, man, put AG in the back, spread everybody out, and, like, exactly. we know you can make a block. Like, we know you're going to chip. Like, if you yep. say you're going to do something, you're going to oh, do yeah, it. I'm we chip. know you I can love do chipping. it again. I love so, chipping. So, from our standpoint, it was always like, well, just get – if everybody who doesn't want to block, get away from the box. We don't need you in there. 
Don't be right? Yeah. But but the Patriots, I think that's why we got some of the pressures that we did. They did a great job of capitalizing on those opportunities, getting four sacks. Yeah. But this was. I would like to give credit to the the, the Pats line. I actually thought they they played a hell of a game. Yeah, I mean, with that 167 right there, you know, taking control of the clock, taking the ball out of Zappy hand, where they didn't put a lot of. Basically, Bill Belichick is gonna say like this: like, all right, we got a third string guy. Let's not put a lot of pressure on him. We know he can't do, you know, what we want him to do because he just don't have the experience. Not he's not a, a bad quarterback. He's a, he actually a good quarterback, but he doesn't have this time playing against defenses like this. Defensive coordinators disguising coverage along with the players knowing how to disguise a coverage. And so let's take it out of his hand. Let's put it in offensive line, which we could, we do, we can do. Like you said, offensive line, very good in blocking, pass and run. And then we have two good running backs in Stevenson and Harris doing their thing. And so that right there, just kind of say, I think it's a sending out a beacon to the Giants, to the Jets, and any other team on this schedule. They see this game. So the Giants are up first. They see this game and it's like, okay, we got a guy right by himself last week put on 146 on the ground and 31 carries and Saquon Barkley. So that, like I said, that's going to be interesting to see over in London for them guys and, and playing that matchup because what I saw, like you said, like I only had YouTube highlight footage <laughs> to watch the game. I watched the game and then I watched YouTube later. So I didn't get to see every snap, but for the snaps I saw um, defensively and offensively, for the Packers online and obviously the Patriots online, I saw them, you know, once I get, we'll see the big highlights of their running game running, you know, I saw them open up gaps, get those guys off the ball and then, you know, getting in ch guys chest to open them holes. So they're going to run him running backs did a good job reading, reading the holes when they were there and getting what they can, you know, with that uh, offensive line blocking. Aaron Jones Aaron. is averaging 6.9 yards per carry this game. And I, when I watch him, you know, the untrained running back, I, Mm -hmm. I think that he's playing the best ball of his career. Like I like he's playing he's, so. the, he's the, playing the offensive line is very satisfied blocking only at the first level. And what I mean by that is we are very interested in getting the push, right? But we're not yep. always interested in blocking the, the linebackers. And if you get great push, sometimes you don't need to block him because of the picker on hole. But what I keep seeing from Aaron Jones is he's making a lot of something out of very, very little. Mm-hmm. With with making these incredible cuts, getting skinny through some holes that don't even look like they're really there, and just accelerating through the hole, and that and that that right there gets you those extra yards. Yeah. So t talk talk about Jones a little bit from your perspective. I mean, he he's to me, he's just making some bad. He's making extra money right now. Yeah, like I said, so he's accelerating through the hole, and that's something that as running back, a good running back knows that because we know one thing: that block is not going to last long. So let me help my old lineman. Let me help my tight end or whoever's blocking for me. Mercedes Lewis, seeing him block, another great job. Let me accelerate through this hole, make it things a little bit easier on them. And what that does, too, it does this. It gains me extra yards. And then for the next couple – and for every time we run the ball, my tie, my linemen can can rest a little bit because as I pass them, they can let go of their guy hmm. unless unless they, they see something happen or a big run and then you want to go down there and help me out. But I'm, I'm picking up a five- or six-yard gain and then I'm on the ground, and then that's that after I pass that run fit, that lineman can let up a little bit. You know, there was a few times where David was able to get the second level, push down the linebacker for the Patriots, and that helps occasionally. But obviously, we want that as a running back, we want we, we want that every snap. You know, get to that next level if you can, not if you can, but when you can, and destroy somebody that's kind of just sitting there and, and it's like, oh my god, I'm, I'm trying to avoid this, but you won't be able to. Um, but I, I like the way you know David also did well. You know, getting upfield, blocking, um, things were, you know, manageable. He's getting better. You could tell he's still, you know, worried about, you know, still kind of coming out of that leg stuff. But overall, AJ, like I said, well, AJ and Aaron doing really good, hitting the, um, hitting the gaps fast. But like I said, and then uh, in overtime with Aaron, AJ Dillon, just he knew his situation. Let me just grind this cock, hold on to the rock. I thought he ran great, man. And, I and, love and the way he ran. I mean, one it, there was one hole that was just a big hole. He, him, and Aaron Jones could have ran through it together. That's how big it was. It was a big gain on that. Uh, they're in an overtime drive to get the Mason and then special teams into field goal range. But yeah, he is having a a a, a good season right now. Let's keep it going for the rest of these games because they're gonna need him. Because we know, like I said, with the pass game, it's good. But when you have that balanced offense with the run game, it just makes it even a little better. Yeah, I mean, listen, when you have when you have a, almost 200 yards on the ground, 5.7 yards per carry, like. I'm not going to sit here and just poke holes in everything the offensive line did. Like they did something. That, 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 <laughs> that's that, good. That's, that, that's a good day. 
There's a yeah. lot of talk right now. There's just two things that have kind of been going around. The, the first one is Myers is really up and down. And um, I think we all see it. You know, he has he has plays where he does a great job. Like Devon Gotcha is a really good run blocker, run mm-hmm. block or run defender, defensive tackle for the Patriots. And he does a great job cutting them off a handful of times. There's also times where he just seems to be struggling with movement, right? So when a guy moves across his face, mm-hmm. he's having a real hard time redirecting. And it makes him look a little bit top heavy. And so that's just a footwork thing. So for people out there, just understanding like you own, you win confrontations with your feet, not anything else. All the other stuff is a consequence of how you get to confrontation. And that is a consequence of your feet. So if you have good footwork, you're going to be put in positions to be successful time in and time out. The other question is Elgin Jenkins for, you know, the second game in a row, third game in a row had some difficulty with what I would consider a top level guy in Matthew Judon. Judon yes, right? Judon. He, he's a phenomenal player. Um, I think, I think he's a beast. The hard part is you're getting to the time of the season and we know that, that we know that Elgin Jenkins is coming off ACL. We also know that he's been a very, very high level player here when he's healthy. And we also know that his, his probably his prime position is left guard. What I think what happens is the guard set and the tackle set, aren't necessarily different depending on how you teach it, but you're extending yourself one more kick. <clears throat> and what you can tell with him on that first sack of Judon had as an example, mm-hmm. when he extends himself another kick, he's a little bit high. It's very, very easy to turn your shoulders to the sideline. Now you open up, you're high from a hip height. So that means your hands are high. So he's kind of around his neck instead of on his chest. His hands are on his chest. Mm-hmm. They should be. And so it's easy to turn him. You almost feel like your inside foot is like the middle of a, a watch. And then your outside foot is just literally wheeling around like this. You're on, it's like you're a pivot point. Yeah. So it's not that it's not that he's not able to play that position at a high level. It just might, it might take a lot of growing pains. It might not be his natural position. Or maybe it's obvious that it's not his natural position. Right. Right. The, the question, the question that comes up is, you know, last week you talk about, and for the last couple of weeks, you also talk about um, Royce Newman. Is he is he kind of the? He's still struggling a little bit. Is he is he kind of the weak link on the on the offensive line? Mm-hmm. And if so, is Josh Nyman a guy there? Well, right. now the conversation probably goes to is El, we know Elton Jenkins is better than Royce at guard. Are we, are we saying that Josh at right tackle might be the answer? And do you even want to mess with it because we're three and one going into the Giants game in London? Like you don't have that much. You don't have that kind of time. So I don't think that the they moment, switch yeah. anything, AG. I don't know about what your thoughts are, but I, I don't think they switch it. But I guess the conversation for me would be now, if you want to play your best five, Yash is probably in your best five. And it's yeah. just a question of, do you want to switch two guys or do you want to switch one? Right. Um, I would say I'm not sure there's a whole lot of rotation with offensive linemen. Um, other than if it's a guy that goes out because he has a quick injury, comes back in type thing. Yep. Um, I say, no, I'm, I'm with you. Don't want to switch because obviously that you don't want to make those big changes to something that is not too bad. But when you start facing, when you get to playoff run, that's when you got to at least have those players that haven't got time, some experience. You know, if we could have a game this later this season, we got potential, you know, we still got the Bears. We're going we to eventually see how the Lions play against us. We could have a game where we could route a team and then get that guy in there just for some live snaps. Um, to put him in a situation to get used to it. Because I do agree, Royce, right now, I, I saw a few, few times where Playside linebacker came and put his helmet dead in Royce's chest. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And that's what I'm talking about, A.G. Is <laughs> I was like, like oh, is, my is, goodness. It's like A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are making that play work. Right, because right? he's, so, he's, he's in he's the getting backfield. Lit up, he's getting Josh lit up. Josh Myers yes. is getting lit up. Right. Like Joel yeah. Bentley lit those guys up a couple times. Was like, wow. But he's also kind of taking himself out of the play if True. the running back cuts early. If you read cuts that, away right? from that, that, that car accident. And yep. so he that's what is so special to me about what Aaron and AJ are doing is they're making those blocks look, look good. Okay, yeah, right? look, look okay. Yep. I get it. I mean, and I've done that, you know, as a as a football, as a running back, you see a guy like, oh my God, he's and then you just read, you have to just react. You can't think. Oh my God, this is power or this is ISO and he's supposed to be there. No, this is football right now. Yeah. In the moment. All right, let me get to the let me get the ball up the field. Don't worry about that. I'll we'll watch film tomorrow to see what the heck happened. But not right now. I'm getting the ball up the field. But I saw that. So between that and I, a little bit of plays, agree with you, both both Royce and uh Myers, just a little high on their pad level to get that. Because your pad level for Royce, like I said, is so high, the linebacker helmet is in your chest. 
that's a that's a lose that's a loss and that's a big loss um and just his every, every few snaps here that i could able to get on that youtube cut um to see him do that so it's just like those those little things that they're fixable but like you said you gotta you gotta want to get fixed those and i'll say i for me it'd be real easy because i'll be i'm tired of linebackers putting their helmets in my chest what did i need to do coach or teammate what am i doing wrong you know, and now to see the film myself, you just yeah. use your eyes. You can see that let a high, once it coming out the first couple of steps a little way too high. Just keep it low. Some, sometimes those backers, their whole, you know, you, you heat them up a couple of times and their mm -hmm. whole deal is like, I'm just going to run through you and they'll take themselves out of the play. Right. Yeah. There, there's always some of that. And I think Juwan Bentley did that a couple of times yesterday. But, you know, speaking generally, I'm in, I'm in concert with you. I just again, I just don't know if it's if it's Elgin's really good at guard yeah it's, you know what i mean so it's like yeah. he's a huge difference maker at guard right now it doesn't look like he's a huge difference maker at tackle so we all like yash is at least as good if serviceable whatever whatever the words are you want to use mm -hmm. but do we make a do we change and make a real difference maker at guard and then make a serve keep a serviceable tackle or do we fudge around and see if, and see if yash is as good a guard as he is tackle and you, you know what i mean it's just I'll be interested to see what they do. They probably don't do anything. They probably just have internal discussions. Exactly. Exactly. I'm interested to see too, because I know what we see on film, you know, as, as, as former players. So if they see what we see, then we will, there's most likely a change. If not, they don't see what we see. Then we'll see, we'll keep seeing, unfortunately. Rose. Well, they see that three and one though, too. And that, that London trip, that London trip hits different, right? Because it they, does, you know, when six, they're seven hour time change. Uh, no, I don't. I believe I would assume, okay. I would be on the plane tomorrow. If I'm there's, yeah, there's two trains of thought, right? So right. like I'm on so the plane tomorrow. The Vikings tomorrow. left on Friday, and they try to keep everything because it's only it is six hours, but it's only six hours. So right. they try to keep everything on the same schedule. But I went out there when I was in Miami twice, and we would leave, I think Wednesday after yeah. practice or Tuesday after practice, and you just be out there the week and just get acclimated. Yep. And then just have That's to a, deal with it on the way home. That's a huge. And I don't thing. know what the answer is. Like I like for me. For me, the least amount of stuff you have to do makes the most sense. So yep. if, if I'm going to go over there and as long as you're not putting me in like, you know, if there's not new meetings or new or do you, I have to go to a parade or any of this. Like no, yeah, not, yeah. You know, it's not necessarily a bad thing for the whole team to go over and spend, you know, Two, a couple of days, days in London together. It's not right. a bad deal. Right. Nope. As long as, as they can kind of, you know, uh, gel as a team. So that's not a bad thing either. It's just there's a lot of sports science that goes behind. Mm -hmm. the sleep the sleep idea what's going to make the most sense i don't know what it is like i don't think they found a right answer because like two teams will do the exact same thing and have two different completely different outcomes over there for, right for right. reasons outside of their jet lag right yeah 100 percent. i say yeah this uh i say the rule of thumb was whatever time you went to bed in your time zone try to just stick to that time but uh time of, to go into bed mm -hmm. so if it's 11 o'clock go to bed at 11 o'clock even though it's a six hour time change go to bed just keep yourself woke because your body That's will start to turn off around six o'clock in the afternoon that's what they do when you go at a, when you leave it on a friday that's what they're telling you to do but if mm -hmm. you leave on a tuesday now they're saying we're just going to get on the schedule and they're right. saying it's going to take you a, a handful of days to acclimate but because you're athletes and we're going to you know we're, yeah, we're at a high level you have, yeah. you have blackout blinds and blah 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 yeah. it's going to be okay but who knows we'll see we'll see all right, we don't get off my line. Get off my line. Get off of it. I, I cut, feel like I just cut the grass. Get off of it. I feel like everybody's talked about this. We might as well add our two cents because we played we in an era to. where it was a lot more liberal. Yep. Than it is now, and I'm talking about the concussions, obviously, last week. So, the first the first thing to say here for me, Ag, is uh, let's not forget that this is a violent sport. Yep. Let's not forget that guys like you have violent. Uh, head actions mm -hmm. and myself yep. on almost a play-by-play -play basis that, yep. you know, this largely is a consequence of a quarterback being in this situation to, and, and I think that's a reality, you know, and it's, if it's raising awareness, that's, I'm sure that's a good thing, yeah. but what is, I think what is bothersome, I guess, to me is, the outrage, the social media, the ex, the internet expert outrage that has gone on over the last week and and just dehumanizing and making devils out of like Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins, yeah. um, when in my opinion, 
and you know everyone's got their their their, their two cents here, AG. But mm-hmm. if if on Sunday, if he was if he was um, seen by the team doctor, we you and I think will probably agree. Unless that name, the team doctor is Pat McKenzie or, or John Gray, the guys right. from the Green Bay, who I consider I still consider the family yeah. the best in the Same league. Here. Period. Point yeah. blank. There are some bad actors on that side of the ball in other teams, and I know mm-hmm. I experienced them. I'm sure you did too. Me too, in, in okay. Houston. So, oh, so yeah. I don't. We don't count them for anything. But because there was an independent third party, my question is now: What are the protocols that we that you could have possibly missed if you missed anything? I don't know that you did because Correct. Mike McDaniel was was very resolute in the idea that they went through, they did everything that they were supposed to do. He was mm-hmm. cleared. We need to stop the conversation about Sunday and focus on the fact that he, that Tua took a shot on, on Thursday, a slingshot hit that anybody would have been out on. Anybody. Right. So yeah. like, just because, because what bothers me is if he would have gotten three fifty on Thursday night, never gotten hurt. And they would have won by four touchdowns. You wouldn't hear Who's it. talking. Nobody. You know what I mean? And yep. that's what that's this whole thing is kind of is unfortunate, not silly, but unfortunate. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. And I say I say like the way I look at it is this. I saw well, I didn't see the previous week when they said he had a back injury, but he was concussed then. Mm-hmm. And he kind of and I did saw I think I saw one clip of it where he was walking like a newborn baby calf. OK, yeah. that's not a bad to me I, as a player, not a back injury. You got dinged. He's trying to walk. <laughs> That's what it is um, from my on-field experience because I've seen myself. I've seen teammates from high, all the way from high school to the pros that I know on contact. I say, he out. He got to go. You know, I've been a high school coach, and our part of our year-to-year training is to spot it on the field before the trainers see it because the trainers are all on the back sideline, maybe attending to another injury. So we as coaches, even if it's another player from the other team, we have to say, hey, kids, sit down, wait till your training staff get over. So you have to spot it. That's the first level for any coach um, in our you know, coaching high school. So I've been in that situation where I saw a wide receiver from the other team. I heard the thump. He did almost the same thing as to us, a slingshot into the ground helmet first. It sounded like a, a hammer hitting it hitting the ground. And he, he got up. I looked at his eyes. He was looking through me. I was like, yeah, he's. I said, sit down. I called their trainers over. So it's, you know, and I heard so many conversations between, you know, you know, people shooting out, shooting, you know, shooting shots at the medical staff, shooting shots at Mike Medallion, shooting shots at players, you know, that are in the locker room or on the field saying they should have told two of this or two of that. I'm like, look, if you know, like what I saw, if I'm his teammate, I'll just, like I said, I'm speaking for myself. What I right. saw the week before, I'm saying, okay, go through your protocol, but man, you weren't good. I've seen that before. I've seen trying to walk and trying to get up. That happened to me in Nebraska. And what they, what my teammates did, they picked me up so fast so they didn't see that I was wobbly. Yeah. And I say they, the training staff and the coaches did not see I was wobbly. It was I, I landed, you know, whiplash on the ground, and I shook it off. Unfortunately, went back in, finished one hell of a game. What in hindsight, obviously, don't do that again. I got lucky. That's it. I got lucky. In this situation, Tua was not lucky. Regardless of who did the diagnosis, they were wrong. It's just unfortunate. But, yeah, for all the, I call them commando keyboards, people that want to talk all because they're behind the screen and stop it. None of us are medical professionals. But what we, you and I have, Mike, we have that on-field experience. Yeah. So if we're in the military, we were soldiers. So we know what that, like, we're in the trenches for real we know when shots fire and when a bullet hits the body and what that feels like and looks like. So we could talk from that experience for, for us. We can say when I see a guy that is concussed, when I, I know he's not good, when he's doing this, this, and this, and remember what um, Dr. Gray used to give us, he used to give us five things. I'm going to tell you five things. I want you to remember them when I come back 20, 30 minutes, or I might just surprise you. I want you to tell me those five things. If you can't tell me those five things, you're not, you're done now. And maybe the next week prior, that was his, his intro into examining, making sure that we were all there to make sure we could go back on that field. And if we couldn't do that, we weren't playing you know, that week or then the previous week. We'll have some time off till we get the all protocols our- were different back then. Right? Exactly. We didn't have we didn't have it. You know, I guess here, here's get what our almost in a row. I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what I had a hard time with. Right. I, I got. I've received multiple concussions during our playing days together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also had lower back injuries. So when everybody else is certain 
that that was a concussion and that's why his legs went wobbly. I've had that pinch where your, yeah. your, knee, your legs just give. Mm. And I'm not saying that it was that. Right. And I'm not saying it was the other. I'm saying I don't know. And I'm, I'm literally one of probably not a lot of people that know the feeling of both. Gotcha. What I have a really hard time with, just generally speaking, is when you have a back injury like that, dude, you're not coming back in the game. No. That's the that's the part where I'm like, wait, this that doesn't make any sense. If you have that, because players would be much more concerned with their spine, especially yes. a, a player that's playing rotational football. I mean, rotating to throw the football. Yeah, would be much more concerned with a spinal injury than a head injury, right? I know like, I will be. 100%. Yeah, we all would be. That's we all. It, it's like no. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the that hard scare part. me more than a head injury. That's just they're like, actually they're about the same level. Actually, they're I won't say that they're the same level. I think in the short term of you, your of your career ending, basically. I think in the short term you'd be concerned about the back injury, and in the yep. long term you'd be concerned about the head injury. Does that make sense? That makes it's sense. It's just 100%. like when Gronk started getting people started taking Gronk's legs out and he blew his knee out. Yeah, and it was like, well, that's the rules now, dude. I can't hit him in the head, and everyone was like, dude, I'd rather get knocked out than you blow my knee out. I can't play anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, in the short term, that's it's how people. Crazy, that's yeah. how athletes are going to think. And yep. The hardest thing about this whole conversation, dude, is like for me is like it's a really it's a violent sport. And people, whether it's because of the compensation, whether it's because we just we're young and we don't we just want to go play, whatever the reasons you have for playing, we've kind of taken that and gone, all right, man, like this is what we're doing. If you if you don't want to if you don't want to play a sport where you can get knocked out on any given play, don't play this sport. And we're gonna try to make the game safer. We're gonna try to make the game safer. We're gonna try to make the game safer. But that doesn't mean it's going to be safe. safe. And it's and I don't real. know that we. I think we can see that we're going somewhere here where they're trying to have an outcome that I just don't know what it's going to look like, man. And it, it's that part of it is just as, I guess, frightening for me as a football fan than anything else. Right, right, because it's, it's violent, like you said, regardless of how safe you make it. All right, what's this next one on the okay, list here? So, we got so, Baker not acknowledging. Fan anxiety. Hmm. So Baker's got his, you know, his progressive commercial Mayfield. contract. Mayfield, yeah, Mayfield, right? yeah, Mayfield got his progressive commercials taken away or whatever, and now he's down in Carolina and he's oh, one and yeah. three, and they're not playing well, and he's not he's not playing great ball. He had three picks yesterday, but oh, yeah. just struggling, right? And he's yeah. he's always been a little bit. One of the reasons when he was like when he's playing well, he's a guy that you like because he's defiant. When he's not playing well, he's a guy that fans pile on because he's defiant and. They were booing him yesterday, and he, you know, goes into the media, you know, the room and says, "Some, you know, I'll paraphrase. All the people in here don't care about what those guys are doing. When we're playing well, it's just going to be us still." And listen, you're in, you're in, uh, in North Carolina, trying to build this fan base, right, with with Carolina Panthers. But you personally are trying to revitalize your career and build this fan base down there. It's okay to acknowledge it. You know, the fans are angry and you, hey, we're angry too. Like, yeah. hey, here's a, here's an easy way to answer that. Yeah, we're all angry inside the building. We want to play better. I know that I have to play better. Fans and fans aren't paying their good, you know, hard-earned money, you know, to come watch our you know, $1,000 a weekend right. for a family of four to come watch me throw three picks. Like, I get it. I get why people are angry. I'm going to do everything I can to be the best version of myself next week. You don't need to say anything else. There's no really? bad question follow-up there. You know what I mean? No. No, it's like it's why it's like why do people continue to double down on I don't care what the fans think? Like it's just it just even if you even that's yeah. how you like when you go home, yeah, dude. Here newsflash everybody, we don't care what you think. Right? Like <laughs> when we get to the house, like AG, you're not talking to your yeah. wife, like, well, his fan was really mean to me today. Like nobody cares. Yeah. But from a public perception, like we understand yeah. we do have to appreciate that. You know, if if you're out there paying all this money and watching us and doing, you're invested and you're upset. Like, yeah, man. Well, we're upset too. Like, we don't want to play bad. Well, we don't want to get our butts kicked, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? We're yeah. gonna try to get better. We understand. We get it. Right now, if somebody criticizes our show, I'm not gonna be like, oh god. But I am gonna be like, okay. If he's criticizing our show because he doesn't think the show's very good, like, how do we make it better? Yeah, that's that's what you do. We're that's at my mindset. Man. Set the was... bar. You set the bar here. We're gonna try to jump over it. You know, set yep. the bar. Yeah, that's that's what happens. I think that's just a new generational thing. Um, the athletes have a voice, but don't know how to manage that voice. Mm. You know, and when you're in a situation like this with the fans, you got to just know your battles. Pick your battles. 
because we all been in this position to say whatever about the fans like you mentioned with Baker. But this is the time, Baker, pick your battles. You just got there. Think about what you're going to say. Are you you're frustrated? Yes. Right. Well. Right. Be honest. I'm paying like, you know what? Yeah. I'm playing like whatever. You're right. All right. Like you said, so we're going to suck it up, get it right. We want we want to win too. I want to play well. I want to throw three touchdowns instead of three interceptions. Just know, pick your battles. You know, you're going to be the, you're going to be it. the, uh, you're going to be the front byline of ESPN.com one way or the other. Do you That's want it. it to be Baker says, I need to play better or Baker doesn't care about the fans? Like, no, nah, it's yeah. not that hard. Not not right. a hard one to figure out, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not hard. But it's a something. It's somewhere as players develop, and he is still a young player. Yeah, you're right. That maybe did not have. I say not maybe 100 percent right now. Doesn't have the leadership in the locker room when he was a rookie to get that. Hey man, this is what you do when things are going bad. Because I've had those conversations with, with teammates when I got to Green Bay. Mike Flanagan, Marco, Brett. You know. When we were when we had, we had a couple rough patches between 2000 and 03, you know, and it was just being in those conversations, Leroy, Gilbert, you know, those kind of conversations with guys. Oh yeah, I remember this one year we were like this. So this is we don't you know don't say a whole lot in the media. Just hit to hit hit the, you'll get dressed, take a shower, head to the meeting. Don't try to talk or say no no um no headline one one liners. Just get out of the get out of the locker room. You work on your mistakes. You know, have that type of mindset to get better. You know, and that's where teams like our team. Other teams around the NFL, they kind of preach that, and that's the culture that gets built there from the you know, new players coming into the older. And he did, I don't believe, from that comment, he didn't have that coming into Cleveland. Yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> we'll see. So, all right, what's this last one here? You got front yard flags. Oh, you down in Texas? So I, yeah. I kind of, I kind of feel where you're going. Yeah, I lived so, there before. So you drive down the street in Texas, yes. and everybody's got their flags like they and this guy my neighbor now has so this guy just moved in with this this new uh family like he's okay. a you know, there's a there's a, a mom and, a, and two kids there and then this guy moves in across you know moves in with them so now they got two flags out because they both went to different schools so all these flags i'm just talking about the front yard flags of like you fly your colors your, yeah. your texas your texas a&m your whatever yeah. your texas el paso and uh you know i just keep thinking to myself like man it this I think I'm not truly a Texas resident until I get my flag going. So you got to get a flag. <laughs> but not, but nobody's repping like pro teams. Oh, nobody's, yeah. It's only yeah. colleges. So I just don't know if I'm in or not, man. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Cause like, that's just not something they, like where I'm from, they don't do that. It's not no, me, me too. I mean, really, I mean, where I'm from, they do throw the Nebraska flag, not in the yard, but on your house. They put the little flag pole yep. holder on your house or your front door, not mm -hmm. in the front line. Um, this is, a, I'd say this is more of a Texas thing. I experienced this when I was a Texan for those two years. And not only the colleges, but their kids playing sports. They have the big banner that says, um, Melissa plays soccer. And Johnny That's plays the baseball. one that I'm worried about, right? <laughs> That's, this, this is, a, it's like a gateway drug. Like if I do that, does that mean I have to put, right. you know, my daughter's name, Height and weight, right? Position on the team on in the front yard because I see those we more saw than those. I thought I would. You right. see it more than you like when you see that stuff on Varsity Blues. You're like, yeah, man, nobody's doing that. And then you realize, like, oh, yes, they are. They are doing it's that. legit. It's a big deal. It's a big that, deal. When I saw, do you remember Varsity Blues? You know what yes. I'm talking about? Yes, yes. I just watched it uh, Bro, just a couple days ago. That, when I saw that movie, I'm like, I'm like, and I was in high school, and I'm like, there is no way they do that, and. That's it's legit. A, that's a, and it's not only legit, like if you don't do it, I, I think it means you're a bad parent. Right. You know, you so. know, I mean, between Varsity Blues, it's another movie that's a skateboard movie with Ellen Page, the actress. She remember Ellen Page? Oh, Juno. Juno. So she was in another movie as a roller derby movie in Texas, mm -hmm. fictional movie, fictional. Mm -hmm. And she was in Texas. And so once she became the starter on the roller derby team that was in like San Antonio or somewhere. Her dad, who was one of the guys from uh, Home Alone, one of the villains, the tall one, not Joe Pesci, but the other one, mm -hmm. that was the, the actor played her dad. Soon as he found out she was starting on this roller derby team, what did he do? He went and got a sign, put it up in the front, and nailed it down. It was a big scene in See, the movie. See, when you say it like that, I think that's incredibly – I think that's really cool. I think it's I think it's only not cool if it's football, but I think if right. you did it for, like, roller derby or, like, chess champion. Or ping pong champion. Or pickleball, like, like – 
pickleball tournament winner. There you go. Like stuff that was like it's kind of ironic. Like I think that would be awesome. But if it's like football, I don't know, man. It, that's funny. It I was. Actually think that's like I so, think that's now that you just said that, I'm like, oh, dude, if, if like my kid won a skateboard thing, I like I definitely put it up. That's pretty. So cool. it's like it's like a you know like I said, it's a thing in Texas. So this is a yeah. roller derby movie. 10, 15 years from um, Varsity Brews, maybe 20 years from when Varsity Brews came out. And what was funny was every scene before he had that scene, he would walk out and he would see his neighbors nailing down uh, Johnny playing football, his daughter playing basketball. And he just was like, he was the dad that had no sign in the yard. And eventually, once she got on the team, became a starter, she was an all-star roller derby skater. He put that sign. You could see him, big smile on his face, a pride. He was proud that he's like, yeah, I'm nailing. I'm, he's looking at the neighbor's as He's nailing the sign in the ground. <laughs> you got to check. I'll find the name of that movie and send it yeah, to you. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. That, that scene now, maybe I'm in. Yeah. Maybe I'm in. There My kids go. play soccer, but I, you know, I've never seen a soccer. I've I seen swimming, in. soccer, I everything. I've seen all right, I might be in. You, you might have right. convinced me there. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, who's our hero of the week? I know I have mines in there. Um, we're going to start with yours, though. Who you got? Yeah, so I honestly, we've been talking a lot about tight ends blocking, especially last week. I thought DeGuar did a good job. Like, he yeah. just kept showing up. And, and there, was, there was one play in particular where he started, like, at the sideline and started running across the formation and then just launched on the defensive end. I mean, they're still running the whamp, you know, the, the yeah. face blocks and everything. Like, it's not – they're not killing anybody, but I just loved that. Uh, I did see was, him get into it. There yeah. was clearly a conversation about we got beat at the edges. We need to be better. And I thought he took it to heart, man. He, I don't know if he, you know, I, the way he wasn't a big part of the passing game, but I just like, you want to see young kids working their butts off to get on the yeah, field more. I just see that. And he's like, there is clearly, I know Tunyon scored the touchdown, but there's clearly an opportunity with our running game to make hay and get snaps if you're in there throwing your body around. Like, Lazard, Lazard yeah. blocked Judon yesterday, got right. buried into the ground. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, that that guy's that an absolute stud, right? So I'm glad DeGuar kind of stood out for me as far as blocking tight ends this game. I was happy for him. Hey, I did see him. You know, he was in the eye formation a few times, so that's going to be interesting. It's, it's, they just got to keep coaching him up because that's obviously a mentality position you know you have to have the mentality to be i'm saying that all wrong but anyway um the sledgehammer be the hammer not the nail be be that so my mine is romeo Dobbs. i know he had a rough start with the fumble but kept showing up he did not let that i mean he has not when he made a mistake he made mistakes in preseason has not let mistakes hold him down and that's why i called it in the spring or in a training camp that he's going to be that that rookie guy that steps up for the season and he's continued to show me um, right because he shows up he makes a mistake you know what doesn't even you know next play gets the ball running around doing picking up yardage and what he did in overtime you know to drop his head a couple times got the ball thrown to him twice in overtime drive and then that last one was like the the, the nail on the coffee i'm a now i'm gonna I'm a hit i'm gonna drive you for six yards to pick up and make sure we're well in range for my special teams and my teammate Mason Crosby to kick that field goal. You know, the, the catch, the big catch too, just hold on to the ball tighter on that, on that one. That should have been a touchdown. Just yeah. don't let the ground win. Um, other than I can say make mistakes, but able to show up right after that. So that's my hero. It doesn't seem like right anything phases him either. No. And that's what I like to see a young player yeah. do. Like don't let you, you make a mistake. It's like, Oh, okay, whatever. I'll, I'm how do, deal how with do you it. get that AG? If you're not, if you're not born with that, cause that's right. the hardest thing for an athlete. If you're not born it with is. that kind of, that kind of innate confidence. Yes. What do you, what, what has to happen? Is that a function of just like, like for me, it's very easy. You just got to keep preparing keep preparing. But yep. what, what else it's is it? What me. happens in a building that gets a guy like Dobbs to just go, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make these mistakes, man. But I'm, I'm if I just keep going, I'm going to be okay. Cause a yeah. lot of guys go the other way, right? They fumble early in the game. All the guys Game's over, the man. They already tanked. Right. right. Yeah, I think it's a combination of that player never wanting to make a mistake and then also that player having teammates and coaches around him that give him the confidence to make mistakes. Like, man, you made a mistake, but that's okay. We could build off that. You know, you caught that ball. Look, you did one thing right. You caught the ball, but then now tuck it high and tight. They're coming in. You know, first guy's always going to come to punch if they know there's a, a, a gang of tacklers around you. That first guy is going to come and punch you, and then the second guy is going to try to wrap you up, or or vice versa. The first guy is going to wrap you up. 
then the second guy is going to come in for a punch. Just be mentally ready for that because we're playing against a really good coach team in terms of Bill Belichick and how he gets his guys prepared. So from those mistakes, just keep stacking on top of that. And I think that's what he's doing. I believe that's what he's doing. He's stacking every every time he has that mistake, he looks at the film get, and gets better from it. And that's what he's yeah. done so far in the season. So I'm, I'm very excited for him and the rest of this year of how he, he develops. He, uh you know, in other sports, football is kind of a weird sport, especially it's depending on the position you play. Like, you know, mm-hmm. all all of, all of the things that we get named for me, you know, my position are, are usually bad. Right. So you have this really negative relationship with sport, even though you love the sport. But if you look at a lot of other sports, a lot of fluid sports, basketball, soccer, you know, it's really they're just they're just games of turnovers in between or, you know, kind of um, interlaced with moments of absolute magic. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the joy that that those athletes like the great athletes play with, they always talk about just the joy of the game and how that is kind of their differentiator. Whereas, you know, you just talked about, I think you're talking about that, but we yeah. don't use those words. Right. right? We don't use the and words. That's, you're hundred percent right. Because, because it's so, it's a violent sport and there's, you know, and you got to worry about the second guy, but really it's like, just find so much joy in what you're doing that you're going to do anything you can to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, it, yep. very, very simplistically. I think I love, I love when I, when I hear that, like this guy just plays with so much joy. So it's okay that we, we eat the coach says we eat the mistakes because all the joy he plays with and all the things that him, he or her adds to the, uh, the team, but exactly my two cents. Yep. I like it. You get two cents. <laughs> all right, man. Well, listen, right. uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Yep. I'm in the morning or what is it? 12. Well, I'll, we'll we'll publish we'll publish it to, uh, Thursday night at five o'clock. Okay. We'll have our preview of the ne- of next week's game versus the Giants in London. Should be interesting. We'll interesting. Uh, we'll have a lot more information about you know what to do what they're doing to prepare what what day they're going over and what that game plan is going to look like. We'll uh, see it on we'll social get, media somewhere. Yeah, we'll get some insight tell and uh, yeah, we'll get that out to you. Yep, sounds good. So uh, everyone, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll see you for the preview on Thursday, or where you can listen to us for the preview on Thursday. So talk to you later, and Mike, have a good rest of your week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.